2: Hello, listeners, today I'm pleased to share with you the fourth episode of NFT All-Stars. You are listening to the podcast version, where we share extended cuts of our interviews built just for audio. On today's episode, we've got a double feature with producer, musician and early NFT pioneer Dead Mouse, followed by a visit with comedian Hannibal Burris. Today's episode is hosted by Jason R. Bailey, also known as Art Known, Marguerite de also known as Coin Artist, along with guest host Jenny Guao of High Street, and the one and only electronic music pioneer and NFT innovator, BT. Enjoy the show.
0: This episode of NFT All Stars is sponsored by TurboTax Live and Metapurse.Fund.
3: today to have uh, Hannibal Burris with us on NFT All-Stars. So I've been in this space for four years. I think in the beginning, it was mostly artists that, you know, visual artists that were coming in. Then we got the musicians. I'm pretty excited to see uh, comedians coming in. If this is the next wave of culture, we definitely got to keep it funny. So uh, welcome Hannibal to the show. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you. I usually like to start by like asking folks how and when did you get into like crypto and NFTs? Because this is like such a weird world. Everybody kinda has a different story.
4: Twenty seventeen, November, December. I was living in Chicago, so I spent the cold days inside on my laptop on Hit BTC Exchange, which I've been trying to get my crypto off of there off and on for a couple of years now, but they make it real Difficult for you. I might just need somebody to hop on a Zoom with me and talk me through it. So I was on there getting stuff early, man. So then I had that crypto there, which has been fluctuating for the past couple years because I wasn't able to get it out. So I just had to, you know, watch what the market was doing. No, that's great. Yeah,
3: I wish that I had crypto trapped from 2017 because I sold all (laughs) of mine way too early. That might be a feature. Like that might be a good thing that it's been there because it just keeps going up and up
4: here's the thing because this is a pain point for me okay i feel like they make it too tough because they be having you holding up you got passport and everything and you got a sign like this is me i swear to god it's me and then you send it to him and they say, oh it's a little glare i just want to move the money around
3: move i'm with the- you so it's it's funny because this whole space right we talk about how like we're building a new system where you can protect your own information and you shouldn't have to share with anybody. And we're getting rid of banks with crypto and all this, that, and the other. And then they're like, okay, you just need to send like a blood sample and like your social security number yeah, and your license. Yeah, yeah. And like, and I'm like, wait, where did we go wrong? Because <laughs> right? this isn't what yeah, yeah. it's supposed, supposed to be, right? It's supposed
4: to be anonymous. Hit BTC. If you're watching this, make it smoother for me. I've emailed you. I've called you. I need let me link a new authenticator or something. I just want to be able to to move freely, you know? Earlier this year is when I found out about NFTs. A static Selector was the first person to call me, and he called me. I remember I was in Miami, actually, in the studio recording music, and he called me really high. You got to look up this NFTs thing, man. You got to do it. Like, this is the new wave. And he was super excited. So, when I got back home, I dug into it and, and just tried to figure out everything I could around it with starting a wallet and, you know, the different platforms. And it was really tedious to get stuff listed because there was always some little thing wrong. But it it was not upload your thing and boom, it was tough. And so I put up one NFT of uh, old clip of stand up from Thousand. Two two thousand three, when I first started, oh. and then I kind of, I, and then I did, I put up another thing through a charity, and took some time off, I think, and and now I'm excited, and Jam reached out a few months back, talked with them, and I'm excited to have a production partner in this space.
3: Have you been? Uh, so do you collect at all? I always forget to ask this question, and then I ask after we're done recording, and like. There's usually good, uh, good response, but are, are you collecting at all in the NFT space? Or is there anyone that maybe you wish would make an NFT? Like, who,
4: who would you be excited to be collecting? I want to collect, but hit BTC won't let my crypto go.
3: <laughs> I'll send you some Tezos.
4: Whoever watching this, <laughs> drop me Cardano right now.
3: Hashtag free Hannibal's yeah. crypto, because we, we got to get that out, man.
4: Yeah. Give me some Decentraland <laughs> land so I could open a bodega there with various <laughs> crypto treats, honey buns, and juices and whatnot. Awesome.
5: There's another thing I'm really interested. It's a cultural aspect because I think for comedians, lots of the jokes is about the subculture with different like race or different country the crypto is itself is a subculture right the rising to kind of the mainstream if you look at right now the new money in the crypto like all these like millionaires billionaire crypto worlds, they are nerds right what's your uh, input and insight on that just as a comedian do you have any crypto jokes even i'm just curious
4: oh i mean it's wild just to see so much speculation and excitement in a space, I was just watching videos and it's, oh, this is my exit strategy for 2022, and here's what I have. You can feel how hyped people are about it. I'm really excited to now going in and say, okay, let me try projects here. Let me try things here and just to see what works best and, and go from there.
3: Sounds like it's giving you uh, like freedom to experiment more, right? Like, instead of having to like launch some giant televised special that you know is going out to a bunch of people you can kind of go back to the almost like the old days where you can try out new material or try new like approaches and, and things like that. I consider comedians artists, so like as an artist, do you feel like this frees you up a bit to try new things?
4: Like now, I'm thinking of through next year, just thinking of different crypto projects that's aligned with something else that's dropping in regular media, you know? So it's it's nice to, to combine them, and I'm really hyped about it.
3: I do have to ask, so at least half the people probably more than half the people in my life think i'm absolutely crazy for buying nfts and i think it's nuts right so like when you started messing around with nfts and putting nfts out how do your followers sort of react do you have people that are like oh man you're getting into that or do you have people that are like oh that's super cool or there are people that just like what the heck is an nft like what's the reception been from like friends family and followers fans
4: from the fans, I didn't get, I mean, there was some folks, you know, you got the folks that say, oh, these are terrible for the environment, what are you doing? I know a couple other comedians that are getting into it. It's still really early. There's still a lot of information to learn. But, you know, I think being one of the first, it could be really exciting. So I'm going with a, with a focused strategy next year. I think about the
3: pandemic and like it must have kind of sucked for a lot of stand-up comedians, right? For a lot of performers in general, because like all the venues were shut down. Is it like a stretch to say that like NFTs could be a way to help if, you know, the pandemic extends or if we have other time periods where people are kind of on lockdown or whatever? Like, is this a, a way that could meaningfully diversify
4: sort of, income for comedians and it, is it a stretch to say that it can give them more freedom in what they're doing when i first found out about them we're really doing a lot of shows yet and so kind of was working in a vacuum and without any feel for crowd and so now just being able to do shows test stuff out see how people bond and do the auction for things live or you know make it kind of an exciting thing
5: do you see yourself eventually doing a performance in virtual reality or in the one of the metaverse as an avatar, uh, something more interesting?
4: Actually, last year, I went on Alt Space, where you can kind of create a room and you could yeah. schedule stuff. They make it really simple to get something going on there. I don't know about VR's mass adoption. Does it seem like it's something mm-hmm. that's disconnect with the general public? I think it's a consensus that people think VR is, is dope and it's a right. dope experience. But I got VR headset, but I don't... Even though Easy. I like it when I use it, I don't go to it right. every day. I'd rather play Xbox, even though that's not headset immersive. It's something to... I don't know. Maybe it's just even if you're in a safe space with the VR headset, you're very vulnerable.
5: What about comedy? Do you think there's any way... There's like an intersection between game and comedy, and to combine them.
4: I was playing something, and they just had a bestiality reference in the game in like <laughs> the first. What is the y- Yakuza like a dragon? My uh, my niece and nephew were were at my place in Chicago, and we were getting ready to go bowling. And I was like, let me, you know, I just got the game. I was like, let me fire up this game for a little bit before we head out, and then. Somebody tackled somebody. I told you, you can't be around here selling bestiality porn. And I said, all right, I guess it's time for us to go bowling, huh? Uh,
3: so, <laughs> all the good stuff in life doesn't really make sense, right? When you look at it that close, No, I it's
4: just, we got we to, gotta, you know, get outside ourselves sometimes and, 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 and have fun. And, and that's it. You know, you have older people that say, oh, you people just watching folks play video games. On Twitch, like what? Like what? Judge Judy is that dope? Where?
5: <laughs> <Yes>.
4: <laughs> like, her formula is that dope? Well, we know what she's gonna do. She's gonna talk down to a stranger over a three hundred dollar dispute.
3: Look. One of my favorite favorite sporting events that I ever went to. You know, curling with the brooms and the rock or whatever you know they do it in the Winter Olympics. They push the rock on the ice. Yeah. I went to the World Curling uh Championships and like as a joke, but it ended up being like fascinating, right? Fans come in from all around the world. So I think you can get psyched about about any of these things and like elevate it to another level. And I think we're seeing that in NFTs too, right? This is a chance for people to do whatever it is that they're into and like get closer to their fans and like, you know, kind of create new experiences, I think.
4: Yeah, man. It's a time to just if you uh might like to take shots and have creative risks. It's a lot of dope opportunities. Being at NFT NYC really made it—it it clicked differently in my brain now.
3: I think Ali, our, our producer, was saying that you um, might have auctioned off an NFT last week, like a, a video or something like that. Can you tell us a bit, a bit about that?
4: Yeah, we auctioned off this video we made for the intro for the Flow Fest. So I did a show in in Utah for Flow mm-hmm. Fest. I had a full band. And then for the intro to that stream, me and, and Robert Hines worked on uh, this song, just this flow first, flow first song, and put that decided to put that on auction at the event, and it, it sold for twenty five thousand. So that was that was exciting. Nice. And did you get
3: paid in crypto?
4: We have to finalize that, but yeah, once I get paid in crypto, I can buy some some NFTs, and then maybe I can bargain. With hit BTC to get my other crypto out. I got a bunch of <laughs> Tron over there. I think I got like get yeah, but I got like a few hundred thousand Tron. I don't know if that's good or bad. I had some other weird ones. I gotten really into altcoins in 2017.
0: People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes. But for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things interesting. Maybe you inherited a condo and are renting it out. Or maybe you're getting paid in crypto and aren't sure how it's taxed. TurboTax Live can now match you with the right expert who has experience in your unique situation. They can answer all of your tax questions or can even take care of the whole filing process for you. Visit turbotax.com to learn more. You do your thing, they've got your taxes. Intuit TurboTax Live.
3: So uh, thrilled today to have Joel Zimmerman, aka Deadmau5, uh, as our musical guest today. And we've got BT back as well. Pretty excited for this NFT and music conversation. Deadmau, or Joel, I'm going to call you Joel. Joel, I can't help but notice that you've actually been in NFTs for a while. I have to say, we've got some people on the show that seem like they just heard about it a couple of months ago, maybe, but I looked it up and I think, you have at least been doing this since early 2020 right so do you want to maybe share a little bit about how you discovered crypto and nfts
2: well actually i've been in well crypto as a whole like maybe in 2017 16 when a friend of mine got gifted me a miner like a little black box with a gpu in it basically it was I, I believe it was called an ant miner he kind of summarized it really quickly because it was like during a party and i was entertaining guests and all this stuff so he's like drops this thing off i'm like what the is this? And he's like, uh, it's a crypto miner. And I'm like, yeah. And, and he's like, well, uh, magical internet money. Anyway, I'll, I'll see you later, buddy. And then it kind of sat on my desk for a little bit. And then one day out of a fit of boredom, I just kind of started to googly Google it and get into like, you know, the very surface level. What is crypto?
3: Cool. Yeah. And it looks like you've done quite a few different things. So I think some people think of NFTs and they're like, oh, that's going to be an image or that's going to be music. But like, Where a lot of us, I think, think that NFTs are going is more around experiences. I think I saw you're doing something with like a VIP Red Rocks Pass NFT. Want to share a little bit about how do you think NFTs might change the relationship between musicians and artists and sort of their fans?
2: Yeah, we're 100% exploring that venue, just like everyone else is. And there's no doubt in my mind that Stop Hub, Ticketmaster, and all these guys have a whole floor dedicated right now to just exploring the idea of, you know, using cryptocurrency or crypto tech in general, whether it's going to be through NFTs or just blockchain authentication of tickets and stuff like that. But it's the big problem has just been overwhelming amounts of education you need to understand crypto. So it's like when you're selling a car, I think the best way to put it is is the car salesman is not telling you, okay, so here's the combustion chamber. This is how an engine works. And what you need to do is you, you know, you inject a squirt a little fuel in there and that'll explode. And then you do that eight times in series to make the car go. And then it's like the car salesman is teaching you how a car works. And that would be like, bro, I just want the f-ing car, you know? That's what cart-horsed the slow adaptation, I think, because it's very tech-heavy underneath the hood. But in reality, it's very simple.
3: Yeah, the onboarding is still pretty brutal, if we're honest with ourselves. I think we've all onboarded folks into NFTs. And if you're starting with trying to help them get their first crypto and then figure out, you know, what is gas and where, where is this money going and how do I use this wallet and what's a seed phrase and how do I make sure I don't lose this stuff? But I think we'll see it get, you know,
1: better and better as things become more mainstream. Joel, so I wanted to ask you something. I think it's pretty self-evident because you're so savvy, not just in electronic music, but I mean, I know this about you. I love hearing you talk about Unreal Engine. I've heard you talk about Unreal and Unity and all these kind of things. I'm wondering if this is really sort of a sweet spot thing for you. I, I know that a lot of, you know, the electronic music community is crypto savvy. People that like music, like the kind of music that we make are people that are very, you know, technology savvy. And I'm wondering if some of like what appeals to you about this space in general, that it's an intersection of a bunch of things that you love.
2: It is and it isn't. This is the biggest swear word for me is the metaverse. It is such a bullshit concept that looks great on paper, sounds really great in a pitch and sells for millions, but it's properties cannot... Talk to each other, Brian, in ways that I think me and you and maybe some of the viewers can understand, is that I cannot make a track in Ableton and you can just open it up in Pro Tools. I have to do things. I have to, I have to render out a WAV file. That's the commonality between the two, or an AIF, you know, or a STEM, as you know, we're all very sick and tired of doing. But it's like we have to prepare our stuff in a certain property to be able to work in another property. Now, with that in mind, doing that with a video game is a thousandfold more difficult. Even just going between engines, between Unity and Unreal, there is no connect. So there is no such thing as, oh, I'm going to buy a character in Fortnite, and I'm just going to play it in Minecraft. This, it's the monopoly thing.
1: We just cannot escape centralization. We can That actually brings up something I know we all wanted to ask you about, which is, What do you think it means to own an NFT?
2: Well, it means that there is a technology out there that's robust enough And okay, I'm not saying this, don't call me unhackable way to prove provenance of ownership or in terms of your own creation or proof of sale or transference of ownership. That's it, that's as far as I take it. But I'm just here saying, Look, there's a technology that exists that's interchangeable between different properties, being games, tickets, music. It all has the commonality at its core that I can move that bit of information between all these systems that appear or do work independently.
5: Do you have any? Specific, like feelings or thoughts on the idea of remixing in the future. So, if you having an, like stems available or libraries available and other artists to recreate from your work and being able to monetize from it or share it.
2: This is all I'm about. Like, at the end of the day, is creatives having control over the things that they create. And that's it. And I, I think that this is the baby steps towards that liberation of a, a creator where they're going to have more control of it at a cost. Because the cost is is obviously we don't have that centralized platform like Spotify's like because that's where I would go if I was like oh uh, Steve Jenkins never heard of him oh, Spotify Steve Jenkins oh, oh there he is you know I gotta play
1: some of his stuff I wanted to ask I love how you sort of characterized what's happening with kind of the old guard and of the music industry and how we're slowly adopting these new technologies. I'm wondering what kind of grumblings you're hearing behind the scenes from like record label exec type or artist friends, right, in the electronic music community. What you're hearing from those kind of people, are they scared? If you're smart, you know, then you basically, you improvise,
2: adapt and overcome with these new systems coming in place and people have. Check this out. So about 2019, I did that, you know, the cube thing that I do. So I did that and in the concession area, we had set up some vending machines. And I remember like, just kind of like, it was just, they throw in like $5 bills and they get pins. That was that, it was a point to point transaction. You give me money, I give you some chat ski and pleasure doing business with you. Then we started to see groups of people coalescing in the concession or uh, when the opener was playing and all this stuff and I'm like, the fuck is going on here? What are they playing POG? Yeah, they kind of were. So they would buy like two or three, get doubles, and it turned into like this little social activity. I'm like, hey, that's really fucking cool. You know what I mean? It's like it's like Pokemon kind of like you know they, they want to collect all the ones. And then what really blew my mind is then I, I'm like lurking my Reddit pin trade uh, message for info and, and stuff like that. So I started seeing all these like post build up like during concert time as a like fans that would go to the show they buy these pins and then it, they even took it online. So I started then like signing packages and then like randomly seeding the machines like before we opened doors and I'd be like oh cool or like I'd sign a shirt or sign one of the pins or put a special like actual like golden one in there and shit like that and, and then it became a, a social discussion on the internet and I was like well and then as I've learned about you know the NFT space coming in I was like that's exactly what this is it was around that same time you had StubHub and Ticketmaster going Ooh, we could do this with tickets. And then you can go ahead and scalp all day. Smart contracting allows for the original issuer of that token to get the kickback. So a ticket's a ticket. There's only going to be so many of them. And then as they transfer through the history of transference until the day of the event, it's all spilling back up where it should go.
1: I love what you're saying about the potential of that kind of upstream flowback for the next generation of artists, young producers coming up, I think that as we kind of segue from the old guard into some of these new technologies, that there's going to be all of these ancillary revenue streams for young artists that are completely unimaginable for the generations of artists above them. It's like a really exciting time. I think, you know, the music industry in general is so abusive. It's a culture of abuse. And to see this kind of hope for this next generation of artists coming up is just really really exciting i'm all for it i'm, I'm old as i'm over it i'm not going to be wearing a
2: mouse head when i'm 50. you know i did my thing i made a little penny here and there and now i'm like this i want to be with the forerunners that are pushing the change not just musicians but how creatives are going to sustain themselves whether it's going to be financially or technologically and stuff like that, where it's going to shift without sounding too much like Peter Thiel idiot, like it's going to change the world, I
3: think. I actually think that's a pretty great spot to wrap it up a little over time, but I don't know if, if you guys have any other questions to, to close out the show.
5: I guess if you had advice for anyone coming into this space that was a new artist, like electronic artist, where do you think the best opportunity is right now?
2: It's education is, is really key. And I don't mean it's really easy to rabbit hole in today with music creative you could get rabbit hole to death you really could like again you know it's like you're like crypto okay cool and you start learning about that and then that just forks down so many different roads i tend to to look at everything at a surface level and do that but it's also very important to take risks uh take chances with your stuff try Try new venues, look at new services, you know, read into them, you know, on their TLDR about how their platform works and stuff like that, and do that because you, you never really know what's going to hit or miss, and be more in your favor than you being another person in the crowd that followed a trend because that's a a quick way to dissolute. Like, if you if you see a mountain of gold and you run to it, you know what I mean. Expect about forty million other people directly behind you, and that mountain's just going to be, you know, leveled within a week.